I'm creator and host Kat Lively, and welcome to Calling Old Hollywood, the podcast where because of the future, the past will not be forgotten. For more updates, news, and information, visit callingoldhollywood.com. And don't forget to visit the YouTube channel where you can watch the podcasts and step back in time with me as I take you to classic Hollywood and historic locations. Without further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Calling Old Hollywood. I'm your host, Kat Lively, and my guest this week is Christian Madsen. Hey, Christian. Hey, how's it going? It is going. It's a gorgeous day, living the life, doing the work. How about you? Can't complain. I'm here. Um, <laughs> L.A. weather is all over the place, but we are uh, we're making making it work best we can, so that's it's, it. It's kind of crazy. I know. We've, we've definitely been going through it, riding the waves, literally. It's crazy. Um, well, like, one day it'll be really sunny. Well, first of all, we're blessed with the weather out here. Like, we're not in snow or a hurricane, but mm-hmm. it's it's like... It's one day it's sunny, the next day it's raining, the next day it's windy, and you don't know if it's going to rain again, and then you have sun again, so yeah. uh, we're making it work. It's pretty intense. Uh, yeah, we're definitely spoiled, though. We've got it pretty good. You know, it's like all things considered. Um, yeah, can't complain. That's the thing I love about California, though, and even just being in Southern California, is that literally, you know, you drive two hours, you can be in the snow, you drive two hours, you know, depending on the time of year. You drive another two hours, you could be surfing. You could do it all in one day if you really wanted to. It's crazy. Yeah, um, it's um, LA is spoiled in that way where we have everything in basically an hour and a half drive, but mm-hmm. you know, we just uh, tend to not want to take care of it as well. So, yes. but we got we got some real weather. It looks like coming maybe in five ten years. So we'll see mm-hmm. how how Ellie deals with it. Yeah, exactly. Probably not well. If it's anything like how we deal with it when it just rains a little bit, then probably not well. <laughs> We're like cats in the rain. It's like like we will rebuild. Yes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. For for the listeners here, you you came on the podcast two years ago, but you um, actor director. You also have published a book now. We there's been some some things you've done since we've last had you on the show. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, oh man. First off, good to good to you know talk to you again and same. Kind of well, the world's not ending. A little, little pandemic. Yeah, just a little. Did, just... So did we meet? We talked before the pandemic, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It was so, it was so interesting. I can't even remember. I think, so I think the way that I like even discovered was discovered you was through like Allison Martino. I was on her social media and I was, you know, it's like, I'm just like, who, you know, that was still in the beginning for me too, where I didn't know as many like people who loved old Hollywood. I was just getting into it. And I was like, who is this person? Of course, the whole like the Dean thing, all that stuff where I was like getting into, I was like, this person likes that too. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was pre-pandemic. And then, yeah, we went to Hollywood forever and did that, did that episode. That was so interesting during the riots and stuff. Oh man! Oh man! My window—that's crazy. Any news station would have paid me very good money to just hang out by my window. We, yeah, we got sights and sounds of everything the pandemic brought in. Um, Intense. The good, bad. So yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was wiping groceries like everybody, and 
trying to make it work and trying to see my grandma and yeah. stay tested every day and stay safe. And so it was, but yeah, man, very, very grateful. It's so intense. We're glad that you made it out. Um, yeah. Cause that, yeah, I mean, just what a crazy time. We're also coming back from it too. It's like some of us, you know, we've, we've become like weirdly socially handicapped almost like we just kind of forget like oh yeah we're like entering society again it's still weird it's taken everyone i think their own time respectively i think everyone dealt with different things and i guess going back to like the book and some of the things we were able to put together it's like you know and then there's some people too who took this as an opportunity to to really like try and take care of some things finish some things you know, start some things, uh, work on themselves. And I just was fortunate enough to be that position to, you know, just, you know, get, get, get let go from the job I was doing and just have all those months to say, okay, what, what did we want to do before we started this? What did we want to do, you know, what was always hitting me, and ringing true was the poetry and I had so much of it sort of laying around and on my phone and it became what it became like the voice of it sort of started to um, become more prevalent to me and I was able to write a lot easier and so that's an amazing opportunity too during the pandemic was just to have that time to uh, put all that together and um, yeah put a little book together and uh it was fun you learn a lot you learn that you really have to do everything on your own um which was really cool too because then when you if you ever do something again you know how to do it but yeah you learn that like you know it's not as easy to uh put those together and people don't you know not everyone's going to be excited about it right like you Mm -hmm. go to some of the bookstores and some of these places I was so excited to, you know, even just be in with like the opportunity to, you know, do a, uh, you know, like a, put it on their bookshelves and stuff. You know, not everyone's going to be excited. Not yeah. every, you know, you're you're going up against bestsellers and all. So I had to learn a lot about that, but I was fortunate enough to put that together. That's pretty incredible, and it's to the torches. So what what was the what was the whole inspiration? Like, what what made you kind of wake up and say, like, I want to make this into a book. I want to publish this. I want to get this out there. Um, I think like I don't. I had a really great English teacher when I was in high school, and um, he kind of pushed me to start to read a lot of the classics and mm-hmm. start to get into a lot of beat poetry. I think we talked on the first podcast a little bit, like, yeah. but so it was my background was like Jack Kerouac and mm-hmm. a lot of the beat poets. And then I got into Ginsburg and, um, you know, and just like dust forth, like just started powering through a lot of people. And then you find your own, you know, people that you like, of course, like Bukowski and then Hemingway, and you read a lot of that stuff. And, Dostoevsky and yeah so definitely. I think I was always a very I always gravitated towards voices mm-hmm. and uh um like sort of a journey writer like I guess you could say like someone who was like writing about their day or 
writing about mm-hmm. the trip they went on, right? Like on the road and stuff like that. And, Completely. Um, yeah, it's like chronicles of these like adventures. But yeah, these guys, yeah. like you're saying, like Bukowski, Ginsburg, Kerouac, it's like, you know, they are so much. And when you think of them, they are literally characters, like characters, of the written word. They're just so refined right. within them their identity it's like you think of Bukowski and you immediately see booze and women and Hollywood and Western you know <laughs> right it's and, like and he also you know you have to respect it in a way too because you know that night might not be so popular now but you know to to actually yeah he wouldn't have survived the me too movement lived that life there is a respect factor to that like you know, it wasn't someone who was playing that character so he could. Yeah, that was, it him. was like, You know, any book or any video or documentary you see of him, it's like that is the life he led. Exactly. You know? So it wasn't cool. It wasn't a cool thing. He wasn't doing things for likes. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like back then. Oh yeah. That totally was different. it. Yeah. World. Um, and so the genuine aspect of something like that is is um, irreplaceable. Yeah. There's there's a romance to it in a way um, that you respect and the writing is more rich when you read something from him because you know he's sitting there just went through it you know rather than him coming up with it you know yeah exactly sitting around going what will sell what will sell you know no yeah it was like yeah he'd get back from like his was he delivered mail for the longest time so he'd get back you know get to his typewriter and just kind of get plugged yeah it's it's crazy all these experiences, yeah. Um, yeah, him in particular, it's that very Los Angeles nostalgic air or nuance to it. There's a reason he's remembered. But yeah, so that's, um, so yeah, these like, guys. Um, we're both, well, I know you are very in tune with a lot of old Hollywood stuff, which is so great. What gave that away? But, you know, again, it's, it's tough too because now we're living in this time where a lot of these places were Bukowski and a lot of these mm. guys went and what made LA really such a destination, which was that old Hollywood aspect. A lot of these places are not, not going to be around and they're already taking them down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know. You know, I think I just heard the, um, uh, what's the place that Johnny Depp owns? Viper now? room. They're closing. Yeah, Viper room yep. is, is going, um, you know, a place that Bukowski used to go to the smog cutter. That's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, so many places. I, yeah, I mean, a lot of these places, man, they, they need to lock in some sort of, you know, historical, historical landmark. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 with the, like they do with Musos. Exactly. Yes. It, yeah, it's tough, man, to see some of these places go because then they get picking whistles gone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I know. I was really sad about Pig and Whistle. Um, I mean, it was, like, very, like, cliche L.A. I didn't really go there, but it was, like, just this. I don't know. I guess it was this weird comfort in knowing this really historical place was there, you know? Um, Like, and it's tough, too, because, you know, the times are changing. You know, the music's different in a lot of these bars now. mm -hmm. You know, in a lot of places, like, you know, and they have to have a certain aesthetic in there to bring in and attract you know a lot of it is for the younger crowd too like but you know like i mean listen i don't really go to these places but just like you said it's like just just driving by seeing knowing that they're there was a great feeling you know but now i don't know what's going to be there 
and it's not going to be as cool, you know? Completely. There's just, there's no way. Look at, look at, you know what I always think of? Look at Cantor's. Mm-hmm. Cantor's there as this staple of historic presence, and it stands there like almost like a like a like a museum, you mm-hmm. know, that you can walk in, and but it's surrounded by all these you know trendy stores and i always feel so bad where you have to drive through like it's like the anomaly oh, in the middle oh, it's yeah, the needle it's like, in the hay i mean like I, yeah. I'm not, i don't know too much about the stores around there but you you know you some of these stores it's like that ain't it like that, that you <laughs> exactly. know i don't i don't know what that store is and the music that's playing from it but then you walk to canters and you're like man yes it's like it's right like, I, I always laugh i've actually i've been going to canters a little more frequently and um, uh, it's so funny to me because it's like you walk like right next door is that like Dolls Kill clothing store and you see all these like crazy mannequins in the window wearing this like bondage gear or whatever. And then like right next door is this like wholesome historic like, you know, it's, yeah, it's such well, a it's such a uh, weird Jewish contrast. Deli, it's like the food. Yeah, the food, exactly. Like, I mean, it's like, the, you know, Rodney uh, Bingenheimer's in a table somewhere in a corner. It's predictable. It's safe. It's nice. It's historic. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. It's just like, it, nothing's ever changed. And that's why that place is so great. Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, you're right next to like just pounding, you know, dance music. Yeah, exactly. And, and people yeah. waiting three block in, in three block long lines for like the new Adidas or whatever. It's like it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I know, it was tough, you know, like and during the pandemic too. Like I remember driving down that street and I was like, You guys are waiting for shoes? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, so but I mean, hey man. Same everyone's, Yeah. Everyone's got their own thing and but yeah. I would... This is what made, you know, LA like what it is, and mm-hmm. a lot of people are attracted to it because you, you know, ten years ago, you know, you would see families come here, and they would be walking down the street, and it was like, you know, they thought Brad Pitt was was walking down Hollywood Boulevard, right. or you know, this used to be a place people would come and they would want to see Frank Sinatra coming out of a restaurant, or mm-hmm. you know, see. You know, Jack Nicholson walking out of, you know, the Formosa Cafe or whatever, you know. But yeah. now it's much different. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's... It's, uh, it's yeah, now it's like people that are looking for the most photographable wall that's been used on Instagram or something. It's weird, right? right? It's like, where's the pink wall that everyone takes the photos? Like, that's the highlight now. It's like, it's things like that. So not, obviously it's not, not everybody. I don't want to group everyone in, but... Yes, it's totally transitioning into this weird kind of hollow. And it's like Hollywood's always kind of been like a movie set as it is. There's always been very fake things about Hollywood. But there's also this weird charm and novelty and, you know, that's that's also like, kind of, yeah, it's kind of drifting, it's starting to drift. The boulevard's not the same. It's, you know, it's weird. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But... um. So speaking of Hollywood, speaking of movies and stuff, you uh, just directed a film, Free Bird. Tell us more yeah. about that. And a random segue. Free, no, yeah, no, I was laughing just because it's, um, it, it's this, you know, listen, I put the short together during the pandemic. I think I was just laughing because everything we talked about leading up to this is just like pretty much it all went into it. Like, That's great. you know, to 
to, you know, I'm, I'm like you, or like some of these, like, you know, some, I guess the listeners, like, you know, when they, when something like the pandemic happens or you have some time off, like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my freaking Italian side or what, but Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden I just felt like I couldn't be locked in. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know if I was going to get a nine to five, but I needed something to do. I need, I couldn't after like a month or two, like I was like, I I got, you know, I, I started doing the poetry stuff and I just wanted, you know, a lot of the creative aspect of ourselves comes out when you're locked in, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes. And so, you know, I was fortunate enough to write this short, um, which at the time it was called Wild Horses, mm-hmm. based off of everyone's personality and angst, you know, or whatever in the short. So yeah. uh, it, it quickly changed to Freebird based off of the, everything that happened during post-production, but um, yeah, I got a I got a couple buddies together and some some people I knew and made sure we did it all safe and um, made sure everyone felt good and safe and we did a small small crew every day it was about three people four people um, did it the right way you know try to do it through SAG and do it how we could do it in the height of the pandemic and this was just after like restaurants and places would open like at the door yeah, but you yeah. couldn't go in so it was kind of that that world but yeah i um i wrote this short about a guy who gets out of prison and um goes to call his mom and uh that phone call quickly changes to him uh, overhearing someone else's phone call right next to him about a job that needs to get taken care of and there's some whisper and some some sort of uh details that he's overhearing that has to do with money and someone getting taken out and he's not necessarily of that expertise but he comes from that world and um so uh that guy quickly leaves and uh he um ends his phone call with his mom and uh, the phone then rings but the guy is no longer there and so he picks up that phone and it is a continued phone call about the rest of the job. And so he takes down all that information and he basically takes this guy's identity uh, for the day. And he goes on this sort of wild trip. He just, uh, where he, Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. That's so that's no, it's just awesome. I'm like picturing this. Yeah. Yeah. So he um, he then goes, takes this guy's identity and he uh, he's basically going to try and do whatever this job is um to you know support his mom and and just be be financially you know you know do what a criminal thinks is smart which is like you know i know how to you know you know make some money which is like just the old cowboy way and uh you know not very smart but this is how this guy thinks and so he goes on this wild sort of goose chase and gets to this uh place and there's a briefcase and you know things go wrong and uh, he meets this waitress in the middle of it who he wants to also just kind of like, you know, skip town with or, you know, whatever this whatever this guy, you know, wants to accomplish. And, um, yeah, we <laughs> we filmed for a week. Um, you know, we I location scouted. I found some places that would let us, you know, be in and out in uh, in a couple hours, you know, because we were, you know, we're filming this this short, which 
you know, I, I didn't want to do like a pandemic short. I didn't want to do something that had to do in that world. Like, right. I just, my brain and you created something to forget that world. Yeah. I just like, I had, I had some friends too, who were like doing shorts and they were like, it's about two people and like, they can't breathe, you know, right now because they have masks on, you know, and I was just like, yeah. Okay. And so like, I, I just come from all that. I just, you know, my love of movies and, you know, the fifties and sixties. So I always want to see and live in that world. So, um, I try to put it, put it in that world. So, but what I'm saying is like, it's tough to do that and shoot on locations where everyone in the background is wearing a mask. Yes. Yes. Effectively. And like, we all had them on too, like behind the camera, but it's tough when you go to set up a shot and then it's like, Oh, okay, let's wait for him. Let's wait for this whole crowd who has masks on. But, um, yeah, we put it together um we finished it i uh i found this beautiful guy uh during the making of it this is a guy named carlos um and uh, he owns this liquor store slash restaurant mm-hmm. and he is a really amazing cook he makes media and it makes all these special amazing mexican dishes and uh, in the middle of the pandemic i met him uh i was trying to put together this mariachi documentary that's like a whole other thing but he had that's this great pretty awesome so he does mariachi too he doesn't do mariachi oh, okay. he so i thought again i was like i gotta do something so while i was shooting the short i was also decided to find out what mariachis were up to mm-hmm. at the at the plaza in boyle heights mm-hmm because I guess that's how my brain works during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so naturally. See what the mariachis are up to. So yes. I went to Boyle Heights, and I would film the mariachis, and they would have their masks on, and they don't stop. Like, this pandemic doesn't stop them. Like, they wanted to still play, do everything safe. I thought that was so fascinating. So I went oh. down to Boyle Heights. I started trying to put together a documentary, and uh, one of these guys I met was named Noe, who's mm-hmm. become very good friends with me he's all over my instagram now like he did the music at my poetry reading and he's just such a brilliant guy but so i met noe and noe said hey um he's a mariachi so he said um hey i'm doing a show at somebody's grandma's 90th birthday um it's all safe and you know we have masks but if you want to see like the real mariachi experience um you can come with me I said, nice. man, are you kidding me? I would I would love to do that. So I get in my truck, which I've now sold, sadly. But, mm. well, it's probably saved me a lot of money. But um, yeah. I follow him to this place. And uh, anyways, Carlos, is that was his house. So that's how I met him. Incredible. At, at the party. So he saw me filming the documentary. And he was like, if you want to uh, do anything and help me with my liquor store restaurant, I would be that'd be amazing so anyways that's how i met carlos and he plays the bad guy yeah he plays the bad guy in the beginning which was awesome he did such an amazing job but um yeah we we threw it together and um you know these these things when you do something very very uh low budget and during the pandemic you know you miss little things along the way but that's what makes it all fun and the learning experience of it, but it, it changed a little bit during post-production just with sound and stuff. But, Mm -hmm. 
eat, we put together a cut and um, it changed to Freebird um, just based off his uh, whole destination. And um, yeah, we, you know, I, I submitted it. And uh, right now it's looking like a lot of film festivals are still doing like online mm-hmm. film stuff. So <clears throat> it's gotten into some film festivals, luckily, which is really cool. Congratulations. But I yeah. can't, I can't like really share it with anyone yet mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, all I can say is like that they've, you know, gone into these film festivals and here's where you can watch them. But mm-hmm. I'm really waiting for um, our first like in-person one, which is uh, I'm excited for it. That's really exciting. Do you have an idea of where you're going to screen it? I don't yet. I mean, I think I was sort of waiting to, you know, in a way it's tough too, especially with the, like going back to the poetry reading, like, you know, you can blast these things out or you can say, you know what? I want to do it all public. Everyone mm-hmm. come on down. Or I would love to do like a short film thing where I could show everyone, you know, if it doesn't get into an in-person film festival, but yeah, I don't know. We just have to be patient because, you know, I don't want to put these things out and then, you know, have a room full of, you know, 60 people and someone to feel, um, you know, like we're not doing it the right way yet. So I just have to be patient. And I think, um, yeah, I, I I will be able to show it to everyone soon and I'll find a, a nice place to do that. But, yeah, luckily forward. it's only. I think this cut is only eight minutes long, so it's it's not it's not it's not too long. That's cool though. I mean, but you know, anything that we create, especially when you're doing something that you know is true to you and and is just like a work of art. I mean, that's really something. And you know, what we need is so much in a world of Kardashians in a world of all this crazy stuff. It's like we need the real art. We need that stuff. You know, to to stay, right. you know, alive and relevant and keep going so that's awesome looking forward to that yeah i mean i think we just have to kind of get back to being more like opinionated and in a respectful way especially with art and stuff like that i just think um we kind of are in a place where things are not good but we can't really say that they're not good because it could offend who the movie was made by or whatever, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think too, like with, you know, like the Kardashian world and stuff like that, like we all respectively know that that's not really art or anything, but it still exists. It still is there. Yeah. But to get back to putting some real respect and, and time it takes to put together things that um, really can help change the world or, or be a positive aspect of things. Cause you know, that's what art is. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it's not like totally gone, but it, I think uh, the algorithm of things right now is tough because there's yes. so much at once, you yeah. know, like if you turn on Netflix or anything like there's 100 shows <laughs> yeah exactly and, and it's fine and then netflix also has like goodfellas streaming and so you're like oh netflix is kind of cool mm-hmm. but you have to if through so much and then you're just like i don't know if this is is worth it mm-hmm. to 
sift through hundreds of things to find one thing or or not so it's just it's a i think just being patient and just kind of waiting for this wave to come through and you know if it works it works and then they keep going with it or a lot of these things kind of like pass through where you go man what happened to that show what happened to this it's like it just wasn't wasn't moving you know so yeah i don't i don't think art is is necessarily dying or dead but it's just, just it's changing i guess it's like that evolution i mean of course things have to change I don't know. It's it's. It, I guess I don't know. In it's in that way where it's it's just. I don't know. That's getting onto more controversial topics, but you know, even with comedy or with what's okay, what's not, what people are offended by, what they're not. It's such a it's such a weird world we're living in with censorships and just, you know, at the same time, it's like, I feel like things have been more daring and we're more accepting of things than we ever have been ever you know it's like we're we can express even more it's like people are so open-minded but at the same time people are more than ever offended by things so it's just really have too much time and we don't have real things going on Mm -hmm. anymore yeah i don't mean that in a negative way just think like i mean there's like a war going on and there's real things happening in the world and um i just don't know what the u.s i don't know what's really going on mm-hmm. like that we have so much to complain about like i think we should be really grateful and fortunate and like yes you know like that's just what i've learned during this time is like you know we just need to you know, even like, like we start talking about the weather and like how blessed we are, you know, with like, yeah. oh, one day it's raining, one day it's sunny. It's like, we're just, we're very grateful, very blessed. Going and I it. think that we need to not think that comedy is an attack, a personal attack, yeah. you know, our, ourselves. It's like, we just have too much time. Like, you know, totally. Like, we just lighten up a little bit. Yeah, exactly uh, yeah. what you're saying. Just it's, have too much time. Like, yeah. Cause it's, you know, unless it's like some blatant, you know, thing that's, that's horrible. Like, you know, it just, it's most people want good. You know what I mean? It's like most people don't want controversy. They just want to make their art and they just want to like, you know, have a good time with it and hope that people enjoy it. And that's I feel like that's, you know, but I was raised on the classics like Dangerfield and like Richard Pryor and you know, all that kind of stuff or like Red Skelton, things that now some people, you know, they're like, eh, "I don't know about that," you know, with the, some of the jokes and stuff, but it's like nobody was ever there was it was never like a blatant attack. It's yeah, it's just people kind of want to laugh and have fun and like enjoy great entertainment, you know. There was just more things going on, so we didn't zero in on what Ronnie Dangerfield was saying. Mm-hmm. Pers- it was like it was a relief to go and get yeah. a laugh. It was a relief to watch Johnny Carson and have him yes. say something racy. Because you were like, oh, man, this is so funny. Like, Yeah, I yeah. Like, did he just say that? Like, yeah. War. I needed mm-hmm. to get away from, you know, the president being shot. I needed to get away from all the yes. bills and, you know, uh, you know, everything that I had going on in my day. Oh, 100%. Uh, and it was funny to sit down and watch some of these talk shows. Now, it's, it's tough. They can't, you know, if you watch like a Stephen Colbert or something, like, he just can't 
step out of bounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it'll be canceled in two seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's that whole thing, too. Yeah, the cancel culture. If you, like, if you make one wrong move, you know, it's it's like, Jesus, you know? I mean, people are people. It's like, you know, it's like people forget that, you know, entertainers, actors, people are humans, too, and nobody's perfect. I mean, you know, granted, there are some limits. I mean, I'm not cool with what happened at the Oscars. That was so uncalled for. But, you know, other, if, when it's not violent and it's not, like, harming someone, it's like if it's a joke or it's just something that someone – you know, within certain bounds, I'm not saying everything's acceptable, of course, but, you know, there are some things that I see and I'm just like, wait, people are upset? That was, you know, lighten up a little bit, have some fun, stop taking life so seriously. It's just, you know. I think, I mean, in a way, the internet sort of is to blame because I think it gave a lot of people time, like, you know, we go to like a family event or something. Someone's like upset. It's like, what happened? It's like, we, you know, you didn't see it on Facebook. It's like, <laughs> I just do. No, I didn't. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have time, you know, like, yep. and I think that we can create these things that become big problems, but it's like, I need you to tell me you have more problems than somebody in Ukraine right now. Right, 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 right. You have more problems than somebody living in, you know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so it to me, it's just like, man, you got to wake up, be grateful, you know. And if your problems are, the problems of your day are something that somebody said and it was a personal attack on you, it's like you got to move past that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Welcome to life. <laughs> yeah. A lot if it's not physically coming at you and right. you can control it and nine times out of ten it's if will something. smith is not st- <laughs> you know it's like if he is not you know, it's a bad joke but yes exactly yeah you know it's like we have we get so weirdly caught up in our first world problems especially living in a city like la where it's so you know, where people, you know, main focus is like showbiz or like what's the next part or what's the next thing or whatever. It's like we get so caught up in this stuff and it's almost like a bubble where we forget like, oh, yeah, there are people suffering right now, like truly suffering, like that, you know, do not have resources and we're bitching about avocado toast and the fact that, you know, it's like the traffic, you know, yeah. you listen, I was born and raised out here. Mm-hmm. I used to be like that, you know, yes. like when you, you know, but, but life changes you and you get around people that just don't care about LSD changed your me. problems. Yeah. And then you realize your problems are not really that important. Totally. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, yes. I was working at this restaurant and I remember I was having you know, a tough day and I was beating myself up and I was like, you know, I'm, you know, same, like, you know, a part, you know, or like, what am I doing at this restaurant? And mm-hmm. I started to get very emotional and I was working a lot of tables. And I remember the bus boy uh, was like, what, you know, what's going on? I said, man, I just do, I don't know what's going on, man. And he was like, "What? What's going on?" I said, "Dude," and I just laid in. You know, I just I'm working here, dude. Like I, I haven't done anything. Like I feel like I'm just 
wasting myself here. Mm-hmm. He into all my stuff. He looked down on the floor and then he said, here's what's going on with me. He started getting emotional. He started telling about his family, the people that he lived with. And it, and I realized quickly that all of my problems were literally zero mm-hmm. compared to, yeah. and he was like the happiest guy working there. Yep. I mean, you know, so it was a big life moment for me. And I think, you know, like I said, you, you start thinking, but that's an idea I think we get by living in LA too. And is we're so grateful to have all this beautiful weather and all this open space. And, you know, we could drive to the beach and back, but I think everything is so good that Mm -hmm. you go, what can I latch onto that's bad? Yeah. 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 I could see that. So, you know, you start looking, digging through Facebook or you start, you know, Mm -hmm. looking around and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I'm really bummed out about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing. I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. What did they say today? Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good life lesson for me. And yes, it's like uh, humility where we get caught up and, you know, it's like, and in that same token, it's like, you know, we're talking about entertainment being an escape too. It's like when things really are, you know, bad or tough or you're going through something really difficult, that's when, you know, it's, it's a big reason for the podcast. It's like that's when you kind of, you know, you get into those things that do help you uh, to escape or to process or, you know, whatever it is, you know. That's like the greatest thing about, I think, film, TV, comedy, music, all of that is like if you want – to submerge yourself in the emotion, you can find something that will um, like activate that within you. If you want to escape it, you can also find something to totally take your mind off of it. It's so interesting that way. Right. It's like that's the power of art and the, you know, it's all subjective. It just depends on what you, you know, what's your flavor of, of the moment, I guess, you know. What are some things that... What are some classics? Have you been watching a lot of classics or anything lately? And some favorites? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the last, I think since January or December, I was, I got on this TV show and I was kind of working on that a lot. You have to test a lot and you have to, you know, sort of be in in a bubble almost with like the cast and crew and Mm-hmm. It was really an amazing experience, but it was kind of like before we started the podcast, I was like kind of talking about how these last couple of weeks I've been off mm-hmm. and it's just so nice to like get back to all the stuff you were doing. And so that's, that's kind of one of the things I, I love to do is just get all my old movies out and connect back with those. And great. Um, there's great uh, rental uh, place in Pasadena called Videotech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I love to go there and just, man, just walk, dig the halls and is it, find new so it's, just, it's like a, so it's a video rental, like DVDs, VHS type stuff? Yeah. DVDs, yes. VHS, um, they got it all. It's all put it up into different directors and different yeah. genres and different countries. And it's amazing. I've found some of my favorite movies just basically looking at dvd covers i mean that's how i started my love for movies was you know mm-hmm. back when amoeba was in the older building yeah 
Or they moved. Missed that um, little intersection. It's weird there on Argyle now. Yeah, it's it's a you know, as much as they put it almost exactly the same, it's just a little bit different and I don't know yeah. why. Just the whole, yeah, it's the whole character. There was something really, like, every time I drive by it now on Sunset, the old building, it's like the Van Gogh thing right now or whatever. I I get a little sad still. I'm like, I know Amoeba's just down the street, but there's something about it not being there. That was like a hub. Yeah, Yeah, just there was something about it. It was just like we had arc light. Mm -hmm. Everything right there, yeah. And then you would, like, walk over, and there was something about going Coffee shops, Coenga, yeah. Is it just, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the new Amoeba is just, it's like really clean, which is great. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's something about that going upstairs. It's a little sterile. And then just, you know, that's how I, you know, was, was so attracted to movies in the beginning is like, you know, back when Netflix only did, um, you know, the rental thing where you would, you know, hit the, hit the button and then they would send it to you in a couple yeah. of days, yeah. you know, via mail. Like I went to Amoeba and just fell in love with, you know, a bunch of DVD covers. And I would just buy those movies mm-hmm. and then watch those. And then, you know, months later it'd be like, Oh wow. Okay. Criterion now has this. And yeah, like, this movie's actually really popular or like, you know, you'd, I'd go buy Ace in the Hole with Kirk mm-hmm. Douglas, you know, 10 years ago. And then now it's, you're like, oh, sh- okay, New Beverly's playing this. Like, this is cool, yes. you know, but it was, it was nice to get a, get a head start on a lot of those movies when I was younger because of Amoeba. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think maybe it goes back to like we were talking about with historic buildings and stuff in LA is like, maybe, you know, it's like the character because the building was so broken in, obviously not as like old and historic, but you know, I, there's something to be said when it's it's this place is there for like decades, and you know, it, it's got character, it's got memory, it's just like you know, if the walls could talk kind of thing. There's history there, um, and yeah, where it is now, it's like it's there's history. It's you know, it's not like a brand new building, but you know, there is something lacking, and I don't know, maybe it's character. Maybe over time, as it sets in, you know, right? It just needs, yeah, it just needs that life to it. That, and yeah, yeah. It's, there's something, you know, it's when an old, an old, uh, you know, like an old '67 Mustang drives down the street. Mm-hmm. You look at that, and you go, "Man, look at the look at the history on that." Look right, at, it's seen some things. Know, even if it's brand new, you're like, "Look at that thing." But then when like a new, you know, 2022 Mustang drives by, no matter if that thing is revving and loud, it's like, "Eh, that's cool. Like, you know, but so it just, it just, the new Amoeba needs some life to it. And it just needs, you know, I saw like the Chili Peppers played in there and, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to get back into the swing of it and, and also off with the pandemic, just trying to get a, some more life in there you know just live music and everything but yeah that old building will always i think be be close to a lot of us totally that's it's always gonna be amoeba for me it's like when i first you know i grew up coming to la a lot as a kid and that's where i fell in love with it but yeah i mean in the last seven almost eight years now that i've been here it's like amoeba that amoeba was such a pivotal i met so many friends there 
you know, some of my, like my first, you know, months when I didn't know anyone and I moved here, I was spent reading books and Amoeba or looking at, you know, the, the records, like all of that, the movies. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's such yeah. a special place. It's just the, the, the life that was inside. There were a couple people too that I think worked at the old one that don't work at the new one now mm. who were just, you know, available for, you know, just any sort of discussion about movies or yes. where to go after watching, you know, uh, the great silence or any spaghetti Western movie, like, okay, you know, I've watched, you know, Carbucci's spaghetti Western here. Now, where do I go? It's like, Oh, you know, have you seen uh, this? Have you seen, you know, so right. uh, there was some, some great, some great times in there. Um, I actually ran into Quentin Tarantino in there nice. and was able to talk with him. So, there, like there was a lot of times too where you would go in and there would be some cool people in there just browsing around so mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the the new one has acquired sort of acquired that attention yet but yeah there was a lot of life in there definitely agreed agreed what do you think it is about I mean I guess we just we just described it though it's like the you know the difference between like modern and his and the, and the history it's like when you go somewhere, I don't know, in Echo Park versus like Musso and Frank, you know, restaurants, places like that. It's just there. Yeah, there's something that's just so timeless about these places. And yeah, yeah, we need to rally together and save more of them. I know the Hollywood Heritage Museum, they work really hard uh, to try to do things like that. They're getting like plaques up and stuff like that. And a friend of mine, um, I don't know if you know her, Carrie Bible, She's been on the show. She's done the professional tours at Hollywood Forever for like 20 years or something. Um, You can usually see her in like a black umbrella and, you know, black dress, the whole thing. Um, But uh, what was it? She was telling me that there's there's this actual group of people. I guess it started on Facebook or something. But there's this group of people who uh, weekly make it a whole thing to go to the silent actors graves and like the lesser knowns not like iconic you know we're not talking like tyrone power or you know we're talking about like like super b list uh cd list um and they go to their graves and they intentionally they clean them up and they decorate them just to like make sure that they're not forgotten like, that is kind of one of the coolest things I've ever heard. It was just like, wow, like, people actually get together as a team and go and do this. They clip the the edges and the grass around the graves and they decorate them. I'm like, wow, you know, that's – we need more of that around the city. Right. Yeah, I think, too, like, there's just always been an attraction to old Hollywood, the freedom um, – <laughs> And the lifestyle that they lived and the characters, the you know, like going back to like Bukowski, like just yeah. that they lived that life, you know, and, Gritty. you know, to to Musso's and to know that, you know, uh, you know, William Faulkner sat in there or mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe has a booth or, you know, there's an actual photo of Bukowski, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's just, there's a lot of life there. And then I think, it's tough you know yeah like just a lot of these new places are it doesn't have that they don't they don't uh, they don't gravitate towards that you know i mean yeah it's like a a, an old thing now too like 
you know, to, to really, um, you know, say who went there or have that up on the, you know, on the wall, you know, it's like a, you go to like an old school dry cleaners. It's like a picture of Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> you know, and the dry cleaners, like so Hollywood. That, that thing is not really uh, a big thing anymore because not only do these places not last, but they just don't have that same, charm that same mystique and, to yeah. them, that same charm. So, you know, like you're just not going to get, you know, a photo of, you know, or a, Hey, this guy came here because you know, that, that juice spot's not going to be there in mm-hmm. two years, you know? Yeah, exactly. No kidding. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah, that's what makes these, these places so special. And, and the way that things are changing too, it's like people, their priorities are changing where, I don't know, people aren't doing those things as much. Yeah. When you walk into El Coyote and you see all the headshots or, you know, countless other places around the city versus you know rent being too high to even stay open anymore and you know for these new places they don't even have a chance um it's weird it's such a weird world we're living in yeah i mean it's uh, a lot is changing a lot is uh uh staying lots going but you know i think what will last is what will, you know, be here. So we yeah. just kind of have to not change with it exactly. <laughs> and uh, yes. be part of the the crew that respects a lot of, you know, why we are all, you know, here. Completely. We're all like gears in a machine. So what's, what's the next thing for you? Are you working on anything currently? Um, yeah, I guess in a way I sort of like stalled, um, the mariachi documentary. Um, I think that would probably be something I just got to get to. I think, uh, working on the show kind of had me put that aside and then, yeah. How uh, is that going working on the show? Say again. I said, how is that going working on the show? It was great. Uh, we, you know, yeah, again, it just was very fortunate during the pandemic to, um, I shot this TV movie, uh, probably four years ago, um, in New York, uh, called family business. Mm-hmm. And during that time they sold the show to BET and BET picked it up and then they shot three seasons of it. And, uh, they called me up and they said, we would like to bring your character in and uh you know i got to work with this amazing you know um cast and just it was all the same faces too which was so great so it was kind of like you know going going home or like you know going going to thanksgiving because it was the same people from that i worked with three years ago and five years ago oh, that's so sweet. it was really cool so yeah i was able to shoot a bunch of episodes and i was really cool because they kept finding ways to bring me back in and uh yeah uh, it was really nice to just work and you know just get back into that speed of things i think yeah when the pandemic shut down like it was just self-tapes and you know you were getting friends and people to help you with you know or phone calls and you were doing you know self-tapes alone in your room and mm-hmm. it was just nice to get back to like you know working with someone and working off Being of somebody set, and just all of that yeah back and, what was that like being back on set for the first time? 
It was great. I mean, you know, I was just happy to be there. Um, but, you know, what's so great is, you know, it puts you in a room with a bunch of different casts of characters. And I got to work with this great um, actor, Mario Dionato. He's um, been in, uh, is it Sunny in Philadelphia? What is that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Always Sunny. Yeah. Oh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, he he was in that. And he, he's just a great italian character actor um and you know just stuff like that it you know you're fortunate enough to get moments like that because it reinvigorates you sometimes you know sometimes you get a little bit uh maybe it's just the time of like the self-tapes and not working off of people but you you get into a groove where you're just comfortable with the way you do it yeah. And it was oh, nice yeah, to yeah. meet someone and work with someone like him who was like, oh, no, no, we got to work. Takes you out of your own bubble. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is, the, you know, when totally. we say this person died, who is this person to us? And it brought me back to that great place of, you know, like the acting school days and when mm-hmm. things were really rich and meant stuff. And, you know, and it just, uh, yeah, it was great, man, to refocus my my whole outlook on that and so brilliant uh, sounds yeah, inspiring they, my my character finished um shooting for this season so yeah like i said these last two weeks have just kind of been getting back to you yeah just getting back to some watching some movies and uh reading i have a, a book club i try my very best to how do people (laughs) yeah yeah i wanted to mention that thank you so for for the listeners if somebody wants to join how does that work you know what i do not know all i know is (laughs) well at some point i probably have to just make another instagram based off of the book club but yeah you know i have always been an avid reader i've always posted what i've been reading and um the pandemic was kind of like this opportunity for me to connect with more people. A lot of people would write me, you know, and be like, Hey, you know, what's the next book you're reading? Or, you know, how are you liking crime and punishment? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what book are you reading next? And I thought, you know what, let's do this. Let's have everyone who's a reader join in. And I didn't do the greatest job at trying to figure out how to do that, but I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. learning, but for the most part, I'll create something on the story and a lot of people, whoever wants to get into it, will will respond, and then they'll pick the book we're reading that month, and then cool. uh, sooner or later, I made it like an official thing on my page, which was just like it's Old Soul Book Club. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of every month, we will I'll go live and we'll pick a book, and um, yeah, I haven't been um, the greatest at the last two months. Um, just this month has been. Sometimes things uh, get busy, and, yeah. And busy, but I, um, yeah, I still, I still post those books and show what what we could be putting together if anyone wants to join. And um, yeah, I don't, you know, it's other than that, it's like I think probably starting its own page and then just rocking it from there mm-hmm. would be sort of the way to do it. But yeah, yeah, it's tough too because I'm also not like reading. You know, I'm not like saying like, what's the you know the hot book of the month? Like, I'm like, hey, we're reading Crime and Punishment. You know, it's like yeah, 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 definitely. Not, like, the most exciting too, but there's a very select group that's you know sort of excited very into about it. it. So yeah, yeah I mean that's uh, good. And that's what we're saying like keeping this stuff going. And that too, it's like 
the written word, you know, um, people debate about that. They go like, oh, it's, you know, people just want to listen to like the audible or the audio and that's wonderful too, but there's, you you can't replace same. That's, you know, that's the big thing in the car. It's like, I'm, you know, I put things on, but there's just the experience of like holding a book in your hand you know, the turning of the pages, just the way that it is. It's just like everything that's it's it's a it's an experience unto itself that I hope, you know, I hope, you know, that just uh, doesn't uh, diminish anytime soon. Yeah, it's um, it's a, become an old art form <laughs> at this point, like just to actually sit down and read um because there's so many distractions now but if you could um really put yourself into a a chair and just find something that gravitate towards you and reads you know and you could hear your voice and your thoughts as you sort of hear someone's story Mm -hmm. it it, the form of almost like a meditation and yeah yeah yeah, like there's like runners high like where you could just be on like mile three and all of a sudden just coasting like I believe the same with like reading, like you could really get into a reader's into eye, like, where you can get so entrapped in a story and, um, yeah, you sort of get lost. So it's, it's, um, really beautiful and it takes certain books. I will say that. Yeah. Read, read more and more and more. It's like, going to speak to you. There's certain books that you are just like, okay, this is, this is it. This is beautiful. Like, this is what reading's about. This is what, cause then it, it sets you up for the rest of your day or after you read, like you're so invigorated with, you know, just the life of that story and what you can take from it. But there, hey, listen, man, there are books too that you get halfway through and you're like, I have to finish this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's just tough. Absolutely. Yeah. No, like that's what's so great. That's great about the book club because people can you can share that with other people like simultaneously in that way and discuss it and you know I love that. That's cool. It's yeah. a cool experience. Well, we have a couple final questions as we close out the episode. One, I guess, two that I ask typically at the end of every every episode is. Now, I mean, now that you've published the book and you've got all this stuff going, what are what's some uh, advice to aspiring writers, actors, uh, all of that and under the umbrella? What would you say to them listening? I would just say do not do it for anybody else except for yourself. Whatever yeah. you want to do, however you picture the book, however you picture the short, however you picture – the clothing line, whatever you're doing, just do it for yourself because you will run into a lot of walls during it and it'll be based off of what other people are telling you to do or getting negative feedback from publishers or other people and bookstores. And I will say that was one thing I learned from it was I kept having to go back to what my initial plan was do it for yourself you know even if you literally sell one copy like same for me like when someone just bought a copy at the bookstore like i was you know i spent months and months and months even just doing the cover like the book was done and i spent months trying to figure out what the cover was so So we're talking about kind of doing things that are true to you true to yourself instead of kind of like what's gonna sell what's this what's that it's like you know yeah, I mean, because it's the thing is, is like, 
I can't remember who said this or where I read this, but, you know, it's like if it's good, if people like it, they're going to like it. You know, it's like you might as well just do what you want, you know, because if it's there, then people are going to they're going to get it, you know, eventually it's like and that's just the thing. So for definitely. Um, And then the last question, um, I love this curveball question. I've started at the end of every every episode. Uh, if you could be any character from the Wizard of Oz, who would you be and why? Oh, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> First off, I love that movie. Same. And it's so uh, crazy because the diverse cast of characters, like, oh, there's just... Yeah. So, does she... <laughs> so, does she... I guess spoiler alert or whatever but it's like so in a way is it that she dies in the tornado it's and is sort of like gone to this dream world subjective where i've sort of discovered this like six years ago and i was like oh Mm. oh this is much darker than what i thought it was was when i was a kid yeah 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 absolutely it's crazy right yeah, it's like a crack in the sky where you, you're just like, wait, I've been seeing this yeah. wrong the whole time. You know, not wrong because it is. It's like whatever. That's the beauty of art. You can see what you want and understand it how you want. But, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like you go, like, you know, movies that were so incredible when we were kids. And then you watch now and you take a different stance on it. But, and you're just, yes. you're more visible. Like, I think when you're a kid, you're just so entranced by, like, the tornado and and then you just want to get right to the Elbert road but then like uh, yeah i rewatched it like 10 years ago and i was like oh that's the guy like yeah. that wait that's the scarecrow like it's him in the beginning it's insane yeah. absolutely um I, man i don't know i love the cowardly lion mm-hmm. i don't know why i just i think his he had a lot of had a lot of humility and a lot of love you thought i mean each character cares so much about how to get up that up that road in their own way but yeah i don't i haven't watched it in so long but i think i would i'd probably just try and dress up like him if the world was ending crazy yeah i completely understand that i i get that there was a guy Oh, he wrote one of the songs for the Cowardly Lion. It was, what is his name? Yip. Uh, I'll have to send it to you. Um, Gosh. Wait, now it's going to drive me crazy. I have to Google this. Hold on. Yep. Wizard of Oz. Um, Yip Harburg. Yeah, he wrote a lot of the songs. I'll have to send you one of the clips of him singing one of the Cowardly Lion things. It's absolutely emotional. Beautiful. Oh, wow. Um, Incredible. My friend showed this to me. I was like nearly in tears it was so great um and everyone listening yip harburg he wrote a lot of the stuff for the wizard of oz just amazing um anyway yeah so that was a great question um well is there anything else where can people they can find you on instagram christian james madsen yeah at christian james madsen um i pretty much run everything through there now um you can buy the poetry book um still on amazon i have it up on there and that's um, to the torches 
yeah through the torches i have a link in my bio that i finally learned how to do um to for the poetry book so i have it there um yeah i'm um Freebird is in some online film festivals um still you know um waiting to have an in-person film festival and then um yeah sometime this year hoping to put together a, a little screening and uh yeah, have some people have some people join. That's great. Congratulations to all. I mean, it's all amazing stuff you've got going. And thanks again so much for coming back on the show two years later. I know. No, man. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, yeah it's always great to just catch up. Absolutely. Talk some old Hollywood. It's all good. Keep it going. Keep it going. All right, guys. Well, this has been another episode of Calling Old Hollywood. And this has been Christian Madsen. Thank you. Thank you.